Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Thursday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, literally Heather. Uh, Salmon can no longer be labeled a healthy food or cannot under existing federal regulations because it contains high levels of fat. But sweetened cereals can bear the healthy label on their packaging if they tick specific boxes related to individual nutrients, even though they might be loaded with added sugars. These contradictions fly in the face of modern nutrition, science, and common sense. So the FDA has announced yesterday that it's updating the marketing term healthy to reflect what has been learned about what makes a wholesome diet. The new proposed FDA rule would align with the definition of the healthy claim more closely with current nutrition science. Nutrition is key to improving our nation's health. Uh, Health and Human Service Secretary Xavier Becerra said in a statement, quote, healthy food can lower our risk for chronic disease, but too many people may not know what constitutes healthy food. The FDA's move will help educate more Americans to improve health outcomes, tackle health disparities, and save lives. More than 80% of Americans are not eating enough vegetables, fruit, and dairy, but they are consuming unhealthy amounts of added sugars, saturated fats, and sodium. The FDA first defined healthy back in 1994, but based the criteria for the term's use solely on individual nutrients contained in each particular food product. The agency's new uh, proposal states... Nutrition science has evolved since then. These days, nutritionists focus on a person's overall dietary pattern, emphasizing the consumption of nutrient-dense foods like fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. The types of nutrients also matter. Salmon is indeed fatty, but now those fats are thought to be good for you. For example, mono and polyunsaturated fats, as well as healthy omega-3 fatty acids that promote heart and brain health. Under the new rule, more foods that are part of a healthy dietary pattern and recommended by the U.S. Federal Nutrition Guidelines would be eligible to call themselves healthy. These include nuts, seeds, high-fat fish like salmon, and certain cooking oils. To be able to bear the word healthy on their packaging, I've said healthy so many times in this little segment, products would have to contain meaningful amounts of food from one of the recommended food groups fruits, vegetables, dairy, grains, and lean protein. They'd also have to limit nutrients that aren't good for you, including saturated fat, sodium, and added sugars. For example, each serving of cereal sold as healthy would have to contain three quarters of an ounce of whole grains and no more than one gram of saturated fat, 230 milligrams of sodium, and 2.5 grams of added sugars. The FDA said the new definition is intended to both empower consumers to eat better and potentially foster a healthier food supply by prompting manufacturers to add more good foods like vegetables or whole grains to their product lines. The agency also is researching a symbol that manufacturers could slap on the front of their packaging 
to show that their product meets the new healthy definition. I'm all for free speech, as you guys know, but holy hell does Joe Biden enjoy shoving his foot all the way down his throat and maybe just should not talk sometimes. Um, He appeared to call out the late representative Jackie Walorski from Indiana who died in a car wreck in August for being in attendance to a speech that he gave yesterday at the White House on a conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. Biden thanked all of you here, singling out Walorski and other lawmakers for their work on hunger as he spoke about his administration's efforts to end hunger in the U.S. by 2030. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I don't think she was going to be here, Biden said. Walorski and two of her congressional staff members died in August during a head-on car collision in Indiana. She was 58 years old, and as if that was not bad enough, he and Dr. Jill issued a joint statement when she passed, talking about how shocked they were. And then today, Jean-Pierre tried to spin it away with comments like, Walorski was on top of mind for the president. When asked about the gaffe, because the former congresswoman's work on hunger ahead of Biden hosting the Walorski family Friday at the White House. Jean-Pierre said she believes Americans will understand why Biden was thinking about Walorski. I don't think it's all that unusual to have someone top of mind. Y'all, this man is still saying he's going to run for president again in 2024. He just hosted her family on Friday and then is looking for her in the crowd on Wednesday. And she's dead. Oh, man. Speaking of Biden, yesterday he warned oil and gas companies against increasing prices for consumers as Hurricane Ian lashes Florida's southwest coast. Do not, let me repeat, do not use this as an excuse to raise gasoline prices or gouge the American people, Biden said at the start of a conference, or the conference that I just mentioned, actually. Biden said that the hurricane provides no excuse for price increases at the pump, and if it happens, he will ask federal officials to determine whether price gouging is going on. America's watching. The industry should do the right thing, he said. Well, you better look in the mirror, sir, because we're watching your ass send billions of dollars to another country right now. Uh, There are a few signs that average gas prices have jumped significantly in Florida as the hurricane began to approach. Triple A put the statewide average at just under $3.40 per gallon, six tenths of a cent higher than a week ago. This is where it gets sadly funny. You know, the funny where you kind of want to cry a little bit too? They love trying to make you feel stupid with some of these narratives. Quote A 99 day run of falling pump prices nationally ended recently, and the 14 week decline was the longest streak since 2015. Um, Because you shut down domestic production and banned all oil purchases from Russia, you 100% caused the rise, the outrageous rise in prices. And in addition to that, because of the meteoric rise, gas is still $2 more per gallon than it was the day Biden was elected. Sorry, I got interrupted by the kiddos. Um, Gas is still $2 more per gallon than it was the day Biden was elected, so your 99-day run down is less than epic. 
Many energy analysts believe prices are more likely to rise than fall in the next few months, but changes in sentiment about the economy, Russia's war against Ukraine, and even hurricane season, always a threat to disrupt refineries along the Gulf Coast, make predictions uncertain. A spokeswoman for the American Petroleum Institute, which is an oil industry group, said that the industry is focused on, quote, delivering fuels where they are needed most while ensuring the safety of our workforce. Gasoline prices are determined by market forces, not individual companies, and claims that the price of the pump is anything but a function of supply and demand are false. Her name's Andrea Woods. Do you guys remember a few months ago when Remington settled in that civil case with the Sandy Hook families and I said over and over again that it sets a dangerous legal precedent that a manufacturer would be held liable for an individual's actions? Well, do I have some news for you. Survivors of the mass shooting at a suburban Chicago Independence Day parade and family members of those killed filed 11 lawsuits yesterday against the manufacturer of the rifle used in the attack, accusing gunmaker Smith & Wesson of illegally targeting its ads at young men at risk of committing mass violence. The sweeping effort by dozens of victims of the Highland Park shooting, anti-gun violence advocates, and private attorneys announced Wednesday its latest bid to hold gun manufacturers accountable for a mass killing despite broad protections for the industry and federal law. The group's strategy mirrors the approach used by relatives of victims of the Sandy Hook school killings, who in February reached a $73 million settlement with Remington that produced the rifle used in that attack. That was believed to be the largest payment by a gun manufacturer related to a mass killing and hinged on the family's accusation that Remington violated Connecticut consumer protection law by marketing its AR-15 style weapons to young men already at risk of committing violence. Quote, the shooter did not act on his own, said Ala Lefkowitz, senior director of affirmative litigation for the gun safety organization Every Town. What happened in Highland Park on July 4th was the result of deliberate choices made by certain members of the industry. The advertisements and marketing tactics described above demonstrate that Smith & Wesson knowingly marketed, advertised, and promoted the rifle to civilians for illegal purposes, including to carry out offensive military-style combat missions against their perceived enemies, her attorneys argue. This is such a dangerous and slippery slope and severely political and misguided. I imagine we will see drunk driving victims suing vehicle manufacturers, type 2 diabetes sufferers suing ice cream makers in the future if these types of cases continue to be successful. Do you guys remember the man who drove his car into a crowd of people at Christmas uh, last year in Wisconsin? A judge decided yesterday to allow this man who is accused of killing six people and injuring dozens more when he drove his SUV through a Christmas parade to represent himself at trial, finding that he suffers from a personality disorder and faces an uphill fight against an experienced prosecutorial team, but is mentally competent. 
Waukesha County Circuit Judge Jennifer Doro's decision leaves Daryl Brooks in the unusual position of defending himself against a score of charges, including six counts of intentional homicide. His trial is scheduled to begin Monday with jury selection. Brooks has a high school equivalency diploma, but did not attend college. Doro said he has a constitutional right to act as his own attorney if he's mentally competent. She said she reviewed evaluations from four psychologists, and they all concluded that he is intelligent and articulate enough to dis- defend himself. Um, she warned him he'll have problems understanding the rules of evidence, when to object to rulings, and how to examine witnesses without any training, but she cannot stand in his way. This court has warned Mr. Brooks what he's getting into. According to prosecutors and investigators, he drove his SUV through the Christmas parade in downtown Waukesha on November 21st. He refused commands to stop and kept driving, running people down, even as police officers shot at his vehicle, according to the criminal complaint. He would face life in prison if convicted of any of the homicide charges. He faces 71 additional counts, including... 61 counts of felony reckless endangerment. Each one of those carries a maximum sentence of 12 and a half years in prison. Those counts also have a use of a dangerous weapon penalty enhancer, which would add another five years on each count. A broadly smiling Governor Newsom joined about two dozen jubilant, cheering farm workers camped outside the state capitol Wednesday to sign one of the most contentious bills before him this year. Reversing course on a measure to help farm workers unionize after President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris said they supported it. The White House support pinned the White House's support pinned Newsom in a corner after his office announced before Democratic lawmakers sent him the bill that he would not sign it. But Newsom said he approved the bill after he, the United Farm Workers, and the California Labor Federation agreed on clarifying language to be considered during next year's legislative session to address his concerns around implementation and voting integrity. In other words, he wants to run for president and cannot be seen in a negative light on this particular issue. The agreement includes a cap on the number of unionization petitions over the next five years and will allow state regulators to better protect worker confidentiality and safety. Si se puede. The farm workers chanted as Newsom signed the bill, echoing the UFW's longtime slogan, roughly, yes, we can, in Spanish. California's farm workers are the lifeblood of our state and they have the fundamental right to unionize and advocate for themselves in the workplace. Our state has been defined by the heroic activism of farm workers championed by American icons like Cesar Chavez, Dolores Huerta, and Larry Itilong. California is proud to stand with the next generation of leaders carrying on this movement. The new law will allow farm workers who provide much of the nation's fruit and vegetables to vote by mail in union elections as an alternative to physical locations. Proponents say that would help protect workers from union busting and other intimidation, while owners say such a system lacks necessary safeguards to prevent fraud. 
It will be fascinating to see how this plays out with the people who actually own the farms. I think unions had a legitimate purpose when they were established, as I discussed child labor laws yesterday. I feel like labor unions had a legitimate purpose when they were established, but as with all things collective, it feels like it's abused now. So that is everything yesterday this morning. I hope you guys have a great Thursday. I will see you tomorrow morning. You guys take care and have a great day. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.